We're joined in studio by my good friend of many years, my colleague, uh, Elizabeth Clayton. Elizabeth, you're welcome to Scarafe Community Radio. Thank you, Tom. Thanks very much. Hello, Elizabeth. Hi there. How are you? Now, and what we want to talk about, I suppose, I know you've had an interest in this topic for a while, but it featured on um, Nationwide there about a month ago or so. That's right. The first uh, pioneering veterinary surgeon, female, in England and Ireland was Aileen Cust. So would you like to tell us a little bit about her, please? Indeed, yeah, she did feature on the Nationwide programme a month ago and um, Aileen Cust, who uh, was um, the first female vet in the UK and Ireland and uh, she was born in 1868 in Ireland, in Tipperary actually, and um, spent the first 10 years of her life there. Uh, She was from an aristocratic background and her father indeed was the land agent um, on the state down there and he he was not a very popular man but in any case the family were there and she grew up in that surrounds and loved the outdoor horse and kind of hound life and she went on and was determined and wanted to become a vet and which was very unusual in the day but um, that was her love and ambition and desire and she against the odds really against all odds she went on to study in Edinburgh and did the studies successfully but was not allowed to qualify because of with the Royal College exactly she was she she wasn't allowed to actually in to get to graduate essentially so um and the reason being gender essentially yes yeah it's a, it was a, purely a gender <laughs> issue so it was there, there was actually um <laughs> you know a bar on on women being in the profession in the profession yeah yeah have we come a long way? We've come a long way, yes. <laughs> it's like it seems bizarre that it, it was even the case. But so even though she finished her studies in 1900, she actually didn't become officially a member of the Royal College or a member of the profession until 1922. But she did work as a vet. Yes. In this See, that's the thing, and that's I suppose where my interest comes yes. from is that um, when she finished her studies. She couldn't get a job because she couldn't officially be on the veterinary register. But um, through connections, she was she got a recommendation from the college and she was employed by a man called William Byrne who had a veterinary practice in Athlegue, County Roscommon, which is where I come from. And so Aileen went from Edinburgh to Athlegue and worked there on and off and had her own practice uh, for 24 years really from 19 uh, well 20 years possibly nine yeah 1905 um, possibly to or you know early 1900s anyway to 1924 and um so that's yeah she and I had believe a, she did her rounds on horseback did she she did she had apparently by all accounts she had a white arab stallion and she rode him side saddle doing her calls <laughs> so it's uh, it's and uh, you know um apparently she was a very keen horsewoman essentially horse and hound is is her and um she was very proficient it seems her at castrating horses like really? that, that that was yeah. like <laughs> that was you know she was obviously um 
you know, she wasn't a, a small animal vet or anything. She was a large animal and an equine. Yes. Equine was her forte, you yes, know. Yeah, so yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. Um, but yes, anyway, she worked and lived in Athlique for, for, you know, 20 years or so. And so it's, it's fascinating history for the village and the county. Yeah. Um, Is there any sort of memorial to her in Athlique? Interestingly, yes, there is. In fact, um, the science, Tom, you may know the name of it, but the, the veterinary science um, organisation put up a plaque to her um, it near the in the practice where she was employed by William oh. Byrne. Uh-huh. And it's a lovely kind of um, memorial to her. So that is there. And now the village have also put up um, a kind of a, a bust or a statue of, of her as well mm. you know so yes it's yeah. um, really in the last maybe 15 years or so there's been more of um, a commemorative spirit more an, an appreciation of her and, you know. uh, yeah, I think and does that bring more people to the town as well to well, check her out sort of thing I think, I think yes uh, you know and he, he, I, I suppose now Next year, I think there's a lot of interest because being 2022, it's 100 years ah, yeah. since she actually graduated officially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, I think, that 100 year anniversary, I think will, you know, make it, you know, a year to remember. And it will, I think, bring more people to the area yeah. to see. Maybe there'll be some centenary events or something yeah. like that. Possibly, to yeah, it, yeah, possibly, yeah. So uh, it's, it's good. I'm going to read a small little bit now. This was um, an, an Irishman's diary. I think it was published in uh, February 2018 in mm. the Irish Times. And it says that she was appointed veterinary inspector by Galway County Council. But the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons objected as it did not recognise her officially. And um, she was again selected in order to, uh, uh, for the job. But in order to give her a free run, all of the, the other vets in the county stood back. You know, so she was well thought of at the time, you know. And a compromise reached where her position was described as an inspector rather than a veterinary inspector. So she got the job. And the Banlaslow Western News didn't like the appointment and wrote, The County Council have made an appointment in the horse and brute kingdom, which appears to us at least disgusting, if not absolutely indecent. We can understand women educating themselves to ten women, but horses... heavens (laughs) (laughs) heavens <laughs> <laughs> no there was like absolute yeah shock horror really at the the prospect of yeah a woman i think yeah handling animals um yeah dealing with animals so but i sometimes think that it was only somebody who had this aristocratic demeanor mm. and background that they just had the courage and the determination to kind of do what they wanted. Uh, you and know. the confidence to break the rules kind of thing. I think yeah. so, yeah. because um, they just had such an air of authority about yeah. them. And, um, you know. Well, were. she must have been quite an imposing figure arriving on her Arabian steeds, you know, <laughs> riding side saddle to boot. I know, know. Around, around, around the villages of, of Ireland. And apparently the local priest objected to her strongly. I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah. No, he did. Oh, By all accounts, yeah. some of the things I've read, you know, he, he did. But it is really interesting that she was such um, a good student, for example, uh, just from that same article. 
you know, she, she was actually a gold medal winner. So she was an ex, she was a real achiever, yeah. a hyper achiever, in fact. And yet they still wouldn't recognize her because of her no. gender. So I think that says an awful lot about the real patriarchy that existed at the time and the male control of the profession. Yeah. And, and, all, and, and all professions. Yeah. Like, yes. you know, it, it's because if you notice the year in 1922 or the actual week when she finally was allowed to graduate and she did an oral examination, apparently, just to get her final graduation. Mm-hmm. That same week, I think, was the, the week when the first architect and the first legal. Oh, yeah. So... It was the times. It did you know. make me wonder about the other professions, actually, when I came across this, yeah. yeah. Do you know that, when mm-hmm. you think of an art, uh, in my time in college anyway, and I was a few years ahead of you, Elizabeth, but yeah. uh, when we did the Leaving Cert, there was double pints for maths. And you know what the thinking behind that? The boys were better at maths than the girls, and it was one way of keeping the girls <laughs> out of the... Oh, yeah. uh, uh, yeah. The medical profession, whatever about the veterinary profession, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, no, crazy stuff. Really, it, yeah, yeah, and like yeah. it's everything is just so just so different now, which obviously is is the way it, it should be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I also noticed that if you know that she took over the practice in, in 1910 when William Byrne died, and and according to her biographer, she had a kind of Robin Hood practice. She she charged the wealthy people one pound to two pound per visit, but she gave money to poor clients. Yeah, and, and by all accounts, because um, Connie Ford, who's another vet, wrote an autobiography about her, and she said, yes, that that does appear to be, that she, you know, she treated the people well, and there was such poverty, I would have thought, yeah, at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was well regarded. Yeah, she was respected, oh, and yeah. she was, um, you know, the ordinary folk who had very little money did seem to respect her and like her so yeah. that's yeah. good to hear you know yeah. because there was a lot of poverty I think in those days mm-hmm. um, so yeah it's 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 a good story yeah definitely and she volunteered for the, uh, the First World War yeah this is fascinating where in um, I was just thinking about it where she had a car and this was in um, 1915 so she did have a car at that stage and she drove from Roscommon to France. Really? She got into her car Keep and going. she drove over to a place called Abbeville, which um, is in northern France. And um, so she joined the war effort there, which was this massive place where they were tending to the war horses. And then she was involved also in buying horses for the war effort. They called it the remount horses. Yeah. And... Um, so yeah, she, off she went though. But you can picture her in her, you know, driving from Roscommon to um, to northern France and uh, taking off, you know. So um, and she was there for a couple of years and um, worked in different capacities there in the war effort. And funnily, I read that um, it said that because of her involvement there, they believed that her subsequent graduation was facilitated. Mm-hmm. You know that she had aristocratic connections and then she had the war connections and 
So that made they couldn't life keep easy. her out any longer. Uh, <laughs> no. That's exactly it. Well, in fact, it, it was really the, the the change in the law itself, wasn't it? That, that it was assured her the sex disqualification opportunity act. after that. Yeah. So yeah, they weren't. Yeah, it was a. And that wasn't until 1919, just after the First World War. It's an interesting time that they yeah. chose to do that. Yeah. Well, I think the women had made such a contribution that again, During like what Tom says, mm-hmm. they couldn't yeah. hold back the no, tide. Of course, nurses and everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a funny story I won't tell it now <laughs> 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 about my time in college you know. <laughs> uh, but where did she finish up her days then afterwards yeah interestingly it, in, if you, it, it, it talks about um, when she came back from the war um, in the early 1920s that things had obviously changed politically in, in this country and in in that league and Roscommon and all around and that things got a bit tricky for her where her car was stolen on one occasion. She was held up at gunpoint. So she had tr- a bit of trouble. But she, again, typical of the, the aristocratic, her demeanour, she, she says that they were very polite to her. So that <laughs> <laughs> she kind of laughed, laughed really? about it, yeah, you know. Yeah. But there were obviously political type of incidences because she would have been resented I am. as a figure. And she decided to sell her property uh, in 1924 in the village. And she had a, a, you know, a lovely house and she had a small farm. And uh, so she sold up and moved back to Hampshire. Yes. And, and she was only 56 or 7 then. So she wasn't... Um, uh, she moved back there anyway and spent her time breeding spaniels and cats I think and got involved in the local veterinary community there but then in poor health by all accounts used to travel to Jamaica to friends and when she was 69 she died in Jamaica Hmm. and that's one of the things now they're saying that you know by her grave is unmarked they believe you know so there's no grave so there is a a commemorative spirit to see could her grave be located in Jamaica. Oh, yes. The mm. fact that it's not yes. marked. And recognised and acknowledged. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But I said she'll always go down as being the first female veterinary surgeon that registered in Ireland and in England. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So she paved the way for... For us all, <laughs> exactly, right. for yes. those of us who Very followed. important yeah, moment. Yeah, 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 indeed, you know. So, and I noticed when she died, she left a sum of £5,000, which was a lot of money, to the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons to fund the, the Alien Cost Research Scholarship uh, with the wish that if candidates were of equal merit, that the council, when deciding between men and women, would award the scholarship to women. Yeah, good woman. That's it. <laughs> so she tried to, yeah, to leave a legacy of, of time, uh, yeah, time. exactly. Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. So isn't it a very interesting story? Yeah, exactly, exactly, indeed. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you for coming in and sharing <laughs> that with us. And, you're uh, welcome, yeah, Tom. You're we, welcome. We'll hear more about her. I'd say in the, uh, uh, in the coming year. Yes, you see, yeah. that's it. In the coming exactly. year, I think I think there will be more. And it was great that Nationwide and Mary Fanning agreed to do that program. Yes, and Donald yeah. Connolly and Gord, obviously, I don't, Tom will know. Our friend Donald. and colleague, yeah. He was very involved, and Asinta, and Brendan Gardner. Gardner. They're the three people who really got that off the ground. And yourself, of course. In the background, in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Your (laughs) modest is always in. Exactly, exactly. (laughs)